hearts and minds on the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Thank Father, you. Lord, we thank you this day, O oh God. The thing that you've made, O oh God, a thing that we had never seen before, Lord. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we just bless your name right now, O oh God. Lord, we just Hallelujah. thank you, oh, all things, O oh God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that all things are under your feet on today, O oh God. Yes. Lord, we just this time of prayer, O oh God, this time of speaking at your word, O oh God, this time of chewing on your word, O oh God, this time yes. of letting your word fall on good ground today, O oh God, that we may feel good, O oh God. Lord, we just thank you right now, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for what's to come, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for the word, O oh God, that's going to come to change our lives today, O oh God. We thank you right now, O oh God, for our messenger, O oh God, that labors, O oh God, long and hard, O oh God, to give us what we give them, O oh God. Lord, we just thank you right now, O oh God, for the Father's Day, O oh God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless all the fathers, O oh God. Lord, we lift this father of our flock up before you, O oh God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to anoint him right now, O oh God, from the crown of the dead to the soles of the sea, O oh God. Lord, move them out of self right now, O oh God. Lord, some of the spirit, O oh God. Have them to feed us, oh God, what we stand in need of, oh God. Lord, you know whatever one of us stands up on today, oh God. Lord, here's our cup, Lord. Let it overflow today, oh God. Let it overflow, Lord. Lord, we're empty, oh God. We need you, oh God, to fill us today, oh God. Your word on today, oh God. Fill us with your spirit on today, oh God. Lord, we lift up the spirit, oh God. Oh, your God, Lord, bless right now, oh God. Everybody that's on our premise, oh God, Lord, you know them, oh God. Name by name and person by person, oh God. Do what only you can do, oh God. Heal today, oh God. Deliver today, oh God. Lord, do it right now. Lord, do it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, name today, oh God. Lord, clear our hearts, oh God. Our hearts, oh God. Add us from our ears, oh God, that we may hear you today, oh God. Clear our minds today, oh God, that we might receive you, oh God, in a mighty way today, oh God. Lord, we love the Lord, we pray. Lord, we thank you, oh God, and Lord, we say yes to your will and your way on today, oh God. Happy Father's Day, oh God. We thank you, oh God, this day, oh God. Even though man proclaim it, oh God, that your Father's Day, oh God. And Lord, we thank you right now for all our fathers, oh God. All our fathers, all over the world. Lord, you encourage their hearts on today, oh God. Build them up, oh God. Give them hope on today, oh God, that their dad will be home soon. That they have father's love within them, oh God. Lord, you say, Lord, that you're father to the father, that's oh God. Lord, we thank you for that on today, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for giving our everything on today, oh God. Lord, we just love you and we bless your name today, oh God.
Also, I just wanted to recognize everyone for taking this time to just like a push. Uh, one more time to an earlier, like a 15 minutes, so that, you know, it's easy to just like a push in the front, then at the back, if some of you want to go to the church after this, you know, it will be easy uh, for us to do. That's why. But, uh, you know, the thing is, there are so many things that we are thankful for, and yeah. our hearts are filled with gratitude. And, yeah. and the, the God needs to know how we feel about yeah. him, you know. Yeah. So this uh, first to 10, 15 minutes, we're just going to take time. Or even if it takes longer, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, this time that we have is just to, to glorify and honor yeah. God. It's nothing more yeah. than lifting up his yeah. name, his presence uh, in this place. So if there yeah. is anyone in the line who has like a testimony, that you want to share, glorifying God, this is the time. He gets mm-hmm. the glory. Hallelujah. Uh, Cyril, this is Randy. Um, yes, brother. I was, good morning. So I was telling this, I'll try to make this story as short as possible. I was telling this to Miss Eric. My dad's 89, lives at home. Us kids are more than 500 miles away. Um, he has two guys in the shop that work for him. He flips farm machinery. He's very creative at 89. His knee has been bothering him, and when he went to bed Tuesday night, he reached, somebody had made his bed for him. They'd come in Tuesday, and he reached too far forward to try to pull the sheets back because they'd been tucked in nice, and his knee gave out of him. Left knee mm. completely gave out. The leading cause of death in seniors is falls. Yeah. My dad mm-hmm. falls into the bed, doesn't oh. fall on the floor, and is able to get into bed. The next day, he's in severe pain, but he's like, ah, this will, you know, old farmer, this will go away. The lady they come Tuesday had an opening, had some free time to come back Wednesday uh, to check on him. Um, so he really needs to go to the ER. How are we going to get him there? He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. So through a series of phone calls, the pastor calls this this guy that's he's in his 80s, and he comes out and sees my dad. Well, him and Marcia can't because Marcia's like 80 recovering from heart surgery. They can't get him in the car. Mm-hmm. They're in the process of trying to get him out of the house, and a breakdown happens in the field, and one of the farmhands comes to the house. At the time, they're bringing him out of the house. Mm-hmm. This young man's like 20. <laughs> Amen. They get him into a truck. They get him into a truck. Not any truck, a four-wheel drive truck, because that's when Mm. we all go to the hospital. Mm. When he gets there, um, they find out that he has a torment, and really he he can't be at home, and really needs to go to, like, rehab at the nursing home. My dad has, when my sister asked him, you know, what do you want to do when you retire, or something ever happened to you, just give me a cot in the shop. I'm not going anywhere. Well, this man from church and him, they spar a little bit, but he gets extremely assertive in his face and says, you're going to the nursing home. My dad goes to the nursing home. The only way that my dad would go is in his four-wheel drive pickup truck. And the nursing staff at the hospital, they get him in the truck. And the nursing staff at the, at the nursing home, they get him out of the staff. And the cool thing is that, you know, my mom had went a year ago. And um, so I'm sure there had to be a lot of trauma with that, but he's mm-hmm. he's he's sad about it. 
has some angst about it, but he's happy when I talk to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he's asked people to talk to, and so he's not like in complete despair. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to be a little longer than he thinks, but mm-hmm. praise God he's in a nursing home. Praise God he didn't fall. Amen. Hey, so I'm just complaining complete healing for his knee. They can't, fortunately, they can't do surgery, but I'm just complaining. I'm just complaining complete healing for his knee. Yeah. And praise God for all that transpired they got there safely and didn't fall. And he also fought, fell on a bed. Yes. Yes. Into the, the bed. Floor. Yes. yes. Into the bed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a, Randy, there's no way. God is so good. There's no way, brother, that any of these things can be fabricated. Amen. None of these things can be fabricated. None of these things can be made, you know, or be talked yeah. to, you know. Yeah. No. And then the right people showed up at the right time. Or That's right. Way. That's God. And not by accident. That was not by accident. Mm-mm. No. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Break down the field so that he has to come to the house. That's, That's right. right. Amen. God knows just what to do it. Uh-huh. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I want to thank my prayer warriors for uh, praying for my dad. Uh, similar circumstances with uh, timing. But he mm-hmm. came in Thursday night, landed at Charlotte at 11.30 p.m. We picked him up, him and his wife, and uh, he's staying with us till Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So Friday morning we have a, we have a, a golf, golf uh, planning, golf outing. Mm-hmm. And we play golf all day. We have Disney come in the afternoon, have dinner. And he's acting a little funny. Mm. He says, Vincent, can I see you and talk to you? He comes inside. I don't know what he's going to tell me. He says, I'm just, I've been having this pain in my left side of my chest. And it hasn't gone away. In fact, it's gotten a little worse throughout the day. I just fucked it up through golf. But it started when I got off the plane. Mm-hmm. So he said, I think we got to go to the hospital. So we went to urgent care first. They did the EKG and that was an anomaly. They didn't like what they saw. So the uh, PA said, you should go downtown to the bigger hospital. They have more diagnostic testing there in case there's more. Mm-hmm. So we went to ER and luckily, I mean, you know, ER is a minimum two, three hours away. I parked the car, I come inside and he's already on an EKG. Mm. Praise the Lord. Yeah, the EKG and a heart uh, blood test right away. No way. Mm -hmm. And then within, I don't know, half an hour, they uh, they took him back to a bed because it was a very busy night. And uh, the the doctor, the hospitalist on on staff said, yep, this confirmed you did have a heart attack. Mm. Uh, doesn't appear to be any heart damage. So it's weird. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No heart damage, but your enzymes are up, so it indicated a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, but we're going to keep you here. You did the right decision. You listened to mm-hmm. your body. You came to the right place. So Hallelujah. to you. And the doctors and nurses and all the medicine started then. And so they're keeping him. He's in the hospital right now. And he's he's actually, the discomfort went away in his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing well. He's in good spirits. So on Monday, tomorrow they have the catheter uh, diagnostic test to run mm-hmm. their die through his test to see if there is a blockage or not. Um, mm-hmm. So 
it's all bec you know because of our prayers to our heavenly Father. So thank you, prayer warriors. I appreciate all the help and the prayer, and uh, just that's a praise report. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Any other praise items? I don't know whether Sandra has gotten on the phone because I couldn't get her this morning. Um, but her, she had a birthday yesterday. She's 73, and she doesn't mind me saying it because we, we just glorify God with our ages. And her granddaughter that she um, helped to take care of and raise uh, graduated from high school on yesterday, and she will be entering A&T um, University in North Carolina in the fall. And the blessing behind all of this is her daughter, that um, uh, daughter who had this baby when she was a senior in high school, but she finished high school, and now she is a registered nurse and a traveling nurse. So for her to be able to go yesterday to the graduation to see this baby that and this mother who graduated from the same high school, um, that she had this baby in April and graduated from high school in May or June, and to go on to um, not let that be a deterrent, but the Lord works everything out for, for our good. So this little baby now has graduated from high school, oh. and the mom is a traveling nurse, so we know there is always hope no matter what the situation is. Praise God. So Praise the Lord. She's not on, but I, she talks too long anyway, just like me, so I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hi, so uh, say happy birthday. Go ahead. This is Sonia Grant. Um, happy Sunday and happy Father's Day, fathers. Um, I'd like to address this group really quick. Every Sunday after this call, my mother, uh, Freddie Grant, she usually calls me to get on me about not calling in on time because uh, Miss Sarah, she always asks if I'm on and I'm not there to answer. And I always sign in right before or either doing Miss Susan's prayer. And last Sunday and last night's call really struck a nerve with me. So I was up by 545, and I started reading an old um, devotion book that I came upon. And um talked about um, how Solomon said there's a time for everything, and he did not mention being late, and how being late uh, can become a habit that's hard to break. And it's interesting that... How we find um, it hard to be in church on time, but then we're up early for work and maybe up early on a Saturday for yard sale because we don't want to miss a bargain. Um, so being punctual is helpful in giving God his due. In Genesis, Abraham rose early to worship. Um, Exodus, Moses rose up early to worship. Uh, Joshua rose up early to discern the Lord's will. Um, in Daniel, King Darius rose up early to go to uh, the lion's den. And um, just, I just want to say before this group um, to to honor God and 
go <laughs> with my, you know, being obedient to my mother. Um, I'm going to be early from now on <laughs> to this phone call and also to Katina's um, sister's prayer. I'm going to be early before time, um, better three hours late, no, better three hours too soon than one minute too late. So, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She confessed she's going to be on time. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, the thing is, like, you know, you, you mentioned all those people that came, you know, early in the morning, like Jesus woke up early in the morning uh, to, to, to pray. But also in the book of Songs of Solomon, it says like he's just like a looking, gazing through his lover from a distance. You know, he's just waiting for, for us to just like, a, you know, show this, you know, smile on his face. Uh, you know, so it's beautiful. Uh, but also, Messiah, Bible says that we only need two witnesses. You have more than two on this <laughs>
thank you for blessing us. And, um, you know, I told him this morning, happy Father's Day. And I just want you all to know how much I appreciate the king in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 It is such a blessing. Um, you know, it's a, there, there's a saying, Miss Brenda, in that language, you know, finding a husband or a wife is, a, is a only orchestrated by God. There's no other person who can just orchestrate so well the, the positive and negatives of each and every one of our lives and how the other person carries that thing through. Only God can orchestrate. Praise the Lord for Mr. George. Hallelujah. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. First time this morning, I finally got on the line, Barbara Jenkins. Good hey, morning, and all the fathers. And I, I have a lineup on Sundays. I get up at, uh, at like at least eleven years. I was on a five a.m. prayer ministry, and then the Lord spoke to me a, a year and a half ago. It's what I do on a daily basis, and it's an honor and a privilege because prayer does change things. So. By the time eight or nine o'clock comes, I'm like half the day. But I thank God for my husband. Certainly, he's a God ordained. Just just finished, and I have a duplicate. Thank God, he made more than one. (laughs) Uh, A father, not only to our biological children, but to so many other children. He's still been a father to my great niece and nephew. (laughs) And I'm sure I I used to say, "Is there any more God?" I stop asking him now. Because um, I'm a person, a people's person, and he had to make him a people's person, or else we would have been, we wouldn't be almost celebrating 50 years next year as well. So God is a keeper, and I just thank God for, I said, being on the line this morning. Uh, we have two service times, um, nine and eleven. So did I have other ministries that uh, I'm involved with from my from my church in New York, and wherever I go, I find a whole family, and I just thank God for proper 226 family, and um, I, I'm a talker, so I'm going to stop right now, and um, today I just thank God, because we're in a nursing home ministry at Faith um, Somerville, and so one of the, most of the nursing homes were closed down because of the um, pandemic, but one, a couple of them, one that has come and sing on the outside through the window, and so I understand today is my day to go and they let us get inside today as long as we've been fully vaccinated. So I look forward to going, and, they, and, they're, and they're waiting. They're waiting for us. So I just thank God for oh, he has opened. I walk through it. And I thank God again yeah. for Proverbs 226. And so since I'm involved, let me get in with that prayer. And let me tell you something. I had dental work. I had several teeth pulled this week, and and I had a, and a bottom tooth, the bottom lip, the bottom plate. Was giving me a lot some problems. I'm telling you, before I got on the line, I'm like, okay, God, we got to deal with this. And but as I began to listen to the praises and this morning of these praise reports is already going forth. Let me tell you that pain has subsided, and I just thank God. Hallelujah. God, and I'm not making this up. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So I can play them all day and all night, but <laughs> I won't allow Amen. it. Again, I'm yes. happy to be with you this morning. Oh, Miss Barbara, we are so blessed to have a praying woman like you on the line. It is always, uh, you know. Um, you know, it's such a blessing to have, uh, you know, you 
um, even in any of our conversations. So don't think that you're talking too long, Ms. Barbara. Amen. But praise Amen. God. Any any other praise item? If we have time for one more, this is Katina. Good morning, everybody. Yes. Um, I just want to wish my husband, Dale, good, a happy Father's Day. Uh, he is with me uh, this morning and with Thanks, me most Sunday mornings um, while we're on the line. You know, he doesn't like to say much, but um, but he actually talks a lot, but he doesn't like to be on the forefront. He doesn't like the spotlight on him. He's a behind-the-scenes yeah. type, of, type of person, and I just thank God for the compliment that he uh, provided to my life and to his life when he allowed our paths to cross. And, you know, I'm just so just grateful for just his support. And I thank him, I thank God for just having a praying man who's always seeking him and who's always oh, trying man. to be a good example um, for even in my life. You know, there are times when I don't oh, necessarily get it right, but my husband is always there to help me get it right. And we compliment each other because it's vice versa. And I just thank him for that. I thank him for um, allowing me to even have a best friend. You know, there were times when I sat here and I complained, I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. And, you know, God corrected me. And he said, you know, when I gave you your husband, I gave you a helpmeet and a best friend. And I thank him for that. And so I learned to stop complaining about not having a friend because I have one who is closer than any girlfriend I could possibly ever want. For, for the man that's in my life today, who he blessed me with. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. All right. So let me mute the line. The conference has been muted. Praise the Lord. It is such a such an energizing moment in the morning to just to hear all these praises. And uh, before we go, Father God, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning for all the praises, Father God, that we heard this morning. God, these are all the fish and the bread, Father God, that we wanted to offer into your hands. God, even just listening to the praises, Father God, uh, there was someone in this line just got like uh, her pain vanish away. Father God, only you can do Father, when the when the Bible says that you are in our midst, when two of you are are gathered in one place, Father God, your presence is very much in our midst this morning. Father God, wherever we are, God, I pray right now, let your angels descend upon the places that we are, Father God. Cover us, Father God, from head to toe. Touch us, Father God, this morning in a special way. God, I pray that for everyone that is on the line, especially if there is anyone else on this line, Father God has an unspoken prayer request in their heart that they cannot share. Father God, you are the only one who can listen to the cry of our heart. God, this morning, we come before your throne face as we open up the word. Father God, let your word become real in our life. Let your word get into the deepest part of our souls today, Father God. Help us to see you one more time, Father God, in a fresh new light and a new anointing. We surrender ourselves into your mighty hands, Lord. You take the glory and honor. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. So this morning, as we are going through the Father's Day, happy Father's Day to everyone as uh, many wished this morning. Thank you so much. And also all the dads that are in this line, it is, a, it is such a blessing. And the fatherhood is a calling. Just like what Miss Brenda said and Ms. Katina said, you know, finding that, that, you know, a man that can just like a take care of the family is just such a blessing to, 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 to the whole family, not only to the whole family, but in the life of the children and our children's children, you know. So far in this last couple of weeks, we've been studying the name of the Lord. As, as we saw, there are over 952 references in the Bible that has a unique title or the name for the Lord, right? And, and, and the thing is that if, if we have like, you know, three years in a row that we just like a go through each and every one of these names, we will still not go to the end of it. So we're going to pick on like, a, you know, some of these names as we go through and just understand the, the meaning behind the word, understand what is inside of that word, that God, the attribute that comes out of it. We wanted to go and study that, right? And so far, we have studied on Elohim. Elohim is a, is a name of the God that comes very first in the book, in the first chapter of Genesis. We see God being the creator He's a creator of heavens and earth. He made everything that we enjoy today, everything from the air we breathe to the, to the things that we you know, watch through our eyes and the, the suns, moons, and stars. He made them all from nothing. He's the creator of heaven and earth. That's what we saw, Elohim. I do not know what your situation is. Sometimes it feels like every door is blocked and God needs to open up something new, fresh for us to go into. And that's what God does. When we call upon his name, Elohim, when we call upon his name, he, we are just like a recognizing the fact that he is the creator. Right? Then we saw him as an Adonai, the master. When, when God hears the word master, in fact, on Friday night we were doing some study, and when we were studying about like in one place in the book of Genesis, when Abraham was just like on that very same chapter earlier, he called him Adonai, and so God had to give him everything. So later in the chapter, God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but then this time, he's thinking, should I tell this to my servant Abraham? Why was he contemplating? Because if I tell this to Abraham, he's going to call me Adonai. I will have, you know, he will just like a crumble when he hears the word Adonai and just like a give him whatever he's asking. And if he turns around to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, I have to do it because he would call me Adonai. God was nervous to tell that to Abraham. That's how God's going to, you know, feel. You know, when you and I call him a master, the ruler, that, that he is the above all. And so, you know, we saw that 
Um, and then we moved on to see El Shaddai last week, an all-sufficient God. We looked at the life of Abraham when before he became Abraham, how Abraham did all those things with his own strength. And God says, stop. Don't do all these things. I am the all-sufficient God. You don't need to help me. I know how to get things into your hands. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God says, Come to me, draw near to me, and call, you know, I am the Almighty, all sufficient. In fact, there is a, another, the, the uh, Shaddai, Shaddon, which is like a singular form of Shaddai, is actually nourishing, like, like the mom nourishes uh, the child when it was born. God was just like, a, you know, would, would do the exact same way like a mom treats their children. This is how God would treat you and me, right? And so today, because it's a Father's Day, we're going to look at another one of those names that says Abba, Father, right? Abba, Father. And, and the thing is, today, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. That's the verse that we will stick to today. And as we go through this, we will also look at the other references that just like a point to this. Uh, Abba, Father. So Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. That's what we will read this morning. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The, 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 the verse is saying that when you and I are led by the Spirit of God, then we are adopted into his family. We, then these are the sons of God. The thing is that whenever you go do something, not all the time we are on the right side of the issue. Sometimes we are not on the right side of the wrong that has happened. Sometimes we actually make mistakes. That's what I'm trying to say. We make mistakes, right? And, and God immediately, when you finish making that mistake, you would have just completed making that mistake. Immediately, God will just like prompt you and say, that's not correct. Not that you did wrong, but because of the spirit that is inside you, that's leading you day and night, and night and day, is just saying to you, that's not right. That's the spirit that just gives us the, the spirit of adoption as the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if chil is children, then hires, hire of God and join hire with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So today morning, we're going to look at just like a how we saw him as a creator, how we saw him 
as a master, how we saw him as an almighty God. Today, we're going to see him as a father, as a dad. In fact, when we go to the Old Testament, God was never referred to being a father many times like how we see in the New Testament. In fact, when we go to the Old Testament, there are only 10 verses in, in everything that it is talking about God as a father. Even when we look at those 10 verses, it's actually very lightweight, you know. Um, in fact, the, the place like in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 6, it says, Is this the way you repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? In this case, it is referring to him as a father, but in a rebuking way. He's saying like, is this the way you treat God? Really? Isn't he your father? So it wasn't like a very comforting kind of a verse. But in fact, in the, another one, uh, it says the, the only verse out of the 10 that's, I think, very comforting in the Old Testament that refers to God as a father is in Isaiah chapter 64, verses 8. Isaiah 64, 8. It says, Yet, O Lord, in this case the Lord is all uppercase, referring to Yahweh, Jehovah, and it says, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. That's the only comforting verse. Otherwise, the remainder nine is just like a very, like a lightweight, right, in the Old Testament. But, but, until Jesus came into the picture, the, the children of God had like a many ideas about God that was in their mind. But Jesus set the reference or the standard for who God is. The, 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 the word Abba, right, only appears three times in the New Testament. But then, the, the reason why it's only there, let, let's dig a little bit on this space. Um, Jesus and his disciples, right, when they actually went to the synagogue and they, they would read the scriptures, in those days, the scriptures were all written use, using Hebrew, right? But, in every day, like when they're talking to each other, like how we are talking to each other this morning, right? In a normal speech and the normal preaching that they did in the past was all in a language called Aramaic, right? Aramaic. In fact, the one guy who did a really good research on this is actually Mel Gibson and his team when they did this movie, The Passion for the Christ, they actually were much closer to the actual language spoken in those days. If you watch this, even in the English version, you can actually see that they would speak in Aramaic in a regular terms when they are in, this, in the conversational, right? And so this Hebrew, biblical Hebrew word ab, 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 means father, but in Aramaic, it's Abba, is the word derived from 
It's actually, they are saying, it's derived from a baby language. And the reason why they think that is because when the babies are born, they, they don't know how to form a sentence. They are just like a learning how to speak a word. And they would call their daddy, Abba, 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 right? So this is kind of like a baby language. But then when, when it comes to mama, they would say, Ima, Ima. So this was how the kids, like a how we are really forcing our kids to say, say daddy, say mommy, like that, you know. But here it was like a natural progression for them to call a dad, Abba, Abba, right? And so here, that's the term that Jesus used, like a baby crying out to his father. In Mark chapter 14, verses 36, he was crying out to him, Abba, Abba, Abba. He had like no words coming out of his mouth. He just probably stuck in that place calling him, Abba, Abba. Because he was desperate, looking for the father to show up in his life, right? And so, and then the the other guy who actually stressed on this word is Paul. Uh, in Romans chapter eight fifteen, we will see a little later on this as well. And Galatians chapter four uh, six, he's talking about it. But here's the thing: the important part is like we may not see the word Abba so many times in the Bible only because many of these writers, this is what uh, I, I think very strongly, um, there is not a huge correlation or a data to back this up, but you know, with the reasonable data we can say, the reason why we don't see the word Abba, even though there are hundreds of reference in the New Testament with the God being the Father, God the Father, God the Fatherhead, or Father God, so many references that are there, is because the writers of the New Testament were writing for a different audience, like how Matthew was writing for a Jewish audience. So he would write in the language that they know, which wasn't Aramaic. Right? Then, then you have like a, you know, Mark and Luke, they were writing to a different set of audience, like Greeks. Some were writing to the audience of that day that were not speaking like a, you know, Hebrew or a Greek. You know, so they were like a different writers. They have their own group of people to whom they are writing. And it wasn't Aramaic. And that's probably the reason why we don't see the word Abba too many times in the New Testament. But in the mind of Christ, in the mind of Christ, he never saw God as God, but instead he saw him as a father. He saw Jehovah, Yahweh, as only the father. That's how he always addressed him. Dad, he would just like go to him and say, Dad, I just need this dad. He would just like go to him like that. That's why when we go to the, the 11th chapter of the book of Luke, right? the, 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 the chapter begins like this, the, the, the 11th chapter where the, the disciples were coming to Jesus and they were saying to him, teach us how to pray. Because we don't know. We, we, we just see like a John praying in a certain way. We see that you are praying in a certain way. We just don't know how to pray, right? And 
And Jesus takes time to say to them, here's what you need to do. When you are praying, don't talk to him like he is just a, some, like, a, you know, an, a, a, a person that is standing or sitting somewhere with a stick in his hand with like a, always like an angry face uh, that he wants to punish you for the mistakes that you have made. But instead, when you talk to him, tell him and, and how that, that you feel about him. And he says, our father who is in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying, like, uh, my dad, you know, happens to be in, in heaven, but you should call him as father as well, right? Abba is, is probably something that makes it dear. My, my dad, like somebody referred even this morning when they were giving the praises, our father, you know, this is very personal. But here's the thing. Today, we're just going to stick with the Abba Father, right? Abba means, in the original text, source, a person that has the source of everything, right? Source, sustainer. Abba means a sustainer. Abba means a defender. So we're going to look at God, the Father, as the source. God, the Father, as a sustainer. God the Father as a defender. So the first thing that I, I, I was just looking through to see, you know, all the places where God has been a provider, God has been a source, right? In every one of our lives, he has been the source for everything that we have. The very breath that we take is, is, a, is, a, is an extension to what God has done to you and me. And psalmist, in the book of Psalms, chapter 121, he says, I lift, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My helper comes. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. When we step into the prayer and call him Abba Father, when we call him Dad, right, there is an unprecedented territory that we actually get into, unprecedented dimension that we get ourselves into. We're stepping into a ground where favor exists. We step into a ground where it is blessed and the goodness of God all over. He is definitely God of ancient of days, but here's the words that stuck me very heavily about this Father that we are praising and they're praying to. It comes in the James, in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 17. It says, every good gift. So James is trying to summarize everything, right? James is saying, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. This verse was just something that is, is something that we can actually chew a little bit more on uh, because uh, every, everything that we have today, every good gift and every perfect gift, right, is from the above and comes down from the Father of lights. 
In fact, the amplified version says like this, right? Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of light, the creator and the sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation. That variation, what does it mean? Like no rising or setting. It's like he is always this father that we can actually reach out to or shadow cast by his turning. There's no way that there is a the variation in his shadow because he's not going to move from left to right. If he has said, I am the uh, I am, it is the same yesterday, it is the same today, and it is the same tomorrow, right? No shadow of his will even be turning in a, in a different way. And, and, and the reason why this is so important is that when we go to God as a father, as a source of everything that we need today, he just takes a, a pride in giving us. Earlier this week, you know, my son Timothy was uh, um, talking to me about something that was going on in his life. He was crying over this. Uh, definitely, it's not a girlfriend issue. Um, so uh, that's one praise item for the fathers, you know. But here, there was something going on in his life, and he needed to find an answer for it, right? And he's sitting down, and we are talking to each other. And I was telling him, let's do this, let's do that. And the immediate thing that he did is he didn't say no or anything. He quickly changed the path that he was going, and he was trying to fix based on the advice. And, and what was a pride for every father is to see their children listen, right? If that is the case for a human father like you and me, how much more will the heavenly father will feel about you and me when he gives you an advice, when he tells you what to do. And if we start to do it, if he says that this is the way to go and we turn around and go, that's the source that Psalmist is talking about. He says that kind of a help is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for an answer for resources. I'm looking for God for the sources. And the source or an ability to release that good gift that James is talking about is the role of the father. When we go into prisons and ask the fathers to wash their children's feet and ask for forgiveness, what we are doing is awakening the spirit of the father that is in that man that, that is right now getting on his knees and washing their children's feet. They're telling their children, I'll come home, honey. I'll take care of you. I'll take my rightful role as a father. That, that the men can separate themselves from their wife or a girlfriend or, or even divorce, but they can never divorce from their children. And that's the basis for which God says when we call out to him as an Abba Father, he becomes our source. He becomes the source not for the resources, but for everything that we need. If you are lacking a direction, you go to that source. If you are lacking a, a, an idea, go to the source. If you are lacking 
on something of wisdom. You're lacking on something that is at home. Go to the source because if you have a refrigerator in your house, if you have like a a TV in your house, if you have like any of the electronic device, those electronic devices have everything in them, but then they will not function unless the power is sent to them when you plug those pins into the wall where the source is. And you and I need to be connected to the source to get the power. Then what we have inside us will start to function in a normal way. That's why the source is very important. And then when we call out to him as a father, right? We, 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 have, we, we come to a place where God knows I need to be their father. I need to sustain them. There's no point in this life that we can actually feel satisfied with what we have. We always have like a a thing that we need that even when we have certain things, we don't even know how to sustain ourselves for the long run. Sometimes we run faster. Sometimes we run slow. God comes alongside to just like a pull us through. I don't know how many of you have watched this movie, Taken. Uh, this is like a, one of the movies uh, that, 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 you know, that is out there. Um, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, I encourage you to see this one. This, this is a, a movie where an actor named Liam Neeson acts. And the movie is about like a, a, a story between a father and a daughter, right? In fact, the father takes every effort to come live closer to his daughter, right? And when he comes closer to the town where his daughter lives, she decides to go to Paris. And he tries to stop her, but she would not listen to him. And in fact, she makes up a big lie on what they are going to be doing in Paris and Europe. And, and he goes, but then the father t- gives her a phone and he tells her, honey, take this phone because, uh, you know, when you go there, if something happens, pick up the phone and call. That's what the Jeremiah 33 three is. Like, it says, like, call unto me, I will answer you. That's the phone number of God, right? So here, he says, like, take my phone because... He is in some kind of like a government agency. He has access to something. So it probably is like a very special phone, right? So he gives it to her. And she goes to, uh, you know, Paris. And because of like a, some, uh, you know, uh, web of events, some sex traffickers goes to their apartment where they were living and they yank the, the, these girls out and they were going to sell it in the market. And the whole movie is about the father trying to find that daughter. Immediately, you can see in that how he just like a craves and he wants to go. And, and at that moment in time, the villain of this movie is just like a raves him and says, if you want to save your daughter, you have probably 96 hours to do it because after which she's going to get on a boat where they have already sold her. The entire movie 
is about like the 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 heartbeat of the father being exposed in that movie in fact he tells that villain at that point i will look for you i will find you and i will kill you right he was just to the point of like i will never spare you for what you have done to my daughter and he goes to search for this girl in a big country right and finally he comes to the boat where his daughter is is getting transported and he has already knocked off the first bodyguard he is in the line and and, and there is this critical the, the the part of this movie is this that bodyguard just like a turns around and tells someone this is the girl's father he wants her back he knows what that father will do if only he doesn't let his girl be taken out from there the the part that i'm trying to say this morning is this even if we have made mistakes even when god comes closer to us and we go away from him god will never get offended over what we have done to him and he would never see us suffer you can you can do whatever is that you have done in the past none of the past mistakes can separate us from the love of the father and he goes and he rescues and 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 the thing is that the, the father in heaven sent his only begotten son to kick the hell's doors to rescue you and me he sacrificed his own son to sustain you and me that's why psalmist is saying psalm 55:22 cast your cares on the lord and he will sustain you if you are in trouble cast that care cast that trouble in the feet of the father he will sustain you he will never let the righteous be broken in another place it says he will not permit the godly to slip and fall father knows that you and i have strengths you and i have weaknesses and he also knows the beginning and the end instead of forcing his will on us he will allow you and me to meet him in our own way with the intimacy that can only be felt between the creator and the creator this is something so unique about the father among all the attributes that we can think of this is one attribute that is very personal very relationship driven and that's why god will never leave you nor forsake you when he knows that this is my son this is my daughter that means hope he's going to show up when we call him abba 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 later we're going to see how the the spirit of the lord just like a leads us into the space right then he becomes our sustainer he not only becomes our source he becomes our sustainer the third one he becomes our defender in order for us to understand that he is our defender i want us to go to luke 
chapter 15. This is a famous, you know, chapter where there are three parables out there, but I'm going to stick because of the time to the prodigal son's parable, right? If you have your Bible, go ahead, turn yourself to Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read some portions of it uh, and, and just give it just, you all know this story. This story is about two sons, and the younger one tells the father, Father, give me my portion. Let me go live on my way. And then the father says, no problem. Go ahead. Take your portion. In fact, the father need not have done that because the son, the first son gets the bigger portion than the second son, and all those things are there. But then father has no problem. He gave him his share. And this guy goes into a foreign land. He gets into trouble. He spends all the money in a prodigal living. And then at the end, he was eating pig's food, pig's food, right? And then at the time when he was eating that food that was prepared for the swine, he just like comes to his realization and he says, how many of my father's hired servants, this is verse 17, Hired servants have bread enough and to spare. I perish with hunger. He's just thinking to himself, in my father's house, even if I become a servant, I would have food to eat at least. Here I don't even have a food. I've sinned against the heaven and before you. I no longer worthy to. He goes to this empty space, right? And he decides to go back to his father. And the verse 20, that's where I want to begin. He says, it says, the Bible says, and he rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way away or a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned. He has rehearsed this. Right? And he says, I have sinned against the heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be called your son. And the, and the story goes on where the father puts a robe on him and the sandals on his feet and just like a, makes a big offering. We have seen this so many times. This part of the prodigal son's uh, uh, parable was read and heard so many times. But here's the thing. Why did the father go running towards the son and kiss him and cover him with the robes and put a sandal. There is a, there is a very significant position that the father is, you know, being, getting on that son's life. A lot of times we are like the prodigal son. We are going out. We become vulnerable uh, because we just like to go away from God. But here's more important than that is the love of the father, the defender. We saw earlier too in that movie how the father's heart was like that. But here, when we go back to the book of Deuteronomy, right, there is a place where it says, when it comes to the rebellious son, how should we treat the rebellious son? Like the son, this prodigal son, there is a, there is a place in Deuteronomy where it says, if a son has a stubborn, and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father. This is a description 
that fits very clearly for for this boy, right? He did not obey. He was rebellious. He was stubborn, right? And it says, who will not listen to the voice of his father or voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, and will not heed them. That is, when they even try to correct, and he will not get corrected, right? Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city, to the gate of his city, and they shall say to the elders of his city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a gluten and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. This is, the, this is a, a, a clear indication of how the, the, the men, the father or mother, should treat their children if they become rebellious, right? And when, when the prodigal son left from home, everybody in their town would have known that the son was rebellious, the son was stubborn, right? And they probably don't need another uh, curse from God coming into their city by not obeying God. And so they would have taken every stone from the streets and they could have stoned this boy to the death because that's what the word says. But before the, the city's fathers would come, the, 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 the elders of the city would come, the father goes around and puts his arms around him and he closes him and kisses him in his neck and he doesn't want to see his son naked and he, he puts a robe around him and he puts a slipper sandals on his feet. What is he doing? Even though the son deserved to be stoned, he's putting his arms around to make sure that none of them will take a stone and beat that son of his. And that's what the father does to you and me. That's the kind of father that we serve this morning. The enemy needs to know who I am. Or he doesn't even need to know who I am, actually. Uh, even, you know, he doesn't even need to know my, my credential. But the, the moment he knows who my father is, he starts to tremble. And the reason why Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I do not know who in this line this morning has a fight that you're going through in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. God is saying, you, God is you don't have to fight your battle all by yourself. You just need to turn the control back to me. Let me be the dad for you. It's not like the, the God of this universe has lost his ability to create another race. He could, he could easily, even when he sees the amount of like a, the sins that are existing today on this earth, 
he could have just like a wipe us all out and start back again with the Genesis chapter 1. He could start again with another journey of like a bringing another generation of another race, another kind of human being where he could, uh, you know, cognitively change their mindset to be a different person. But then, this father didn't want to give up on you and me. And he sends his only begotten son to die on the rugged cross. I was thinking to myself this week, you know, when, when a boy or a girl comes out of an expensive car, I, you know, my son goes to this uh, Charlotte Christian school and these kids uh, uh, over there, they were all like a come in on their BMWs and, uh, you know, Jeep um, Wranglers. Uh, and these are like a 16, 17-year-old kids. Uh, they, they're coming in with like, a, you know, the top-of-the-line cars while we are all standing in the line to drop our kids, right? And, and the thing is this, whenever we see those kind of like an expensive cars, we're not thinking that the boy actually, you know, was a genius to earn that money just when he was born. But we all know that this car, you know, came from their mom or dad, who's just like, a, you know, gifted to him, right? Sometimes when these kids live in a rich neighborhood, nobody will say that, how did this guy get wealthy, you know? He's just like a, a, a 16-year-old, a 15-year-old. But instead, they always ask, who is his father? The world wants to know who your daddy is, the world wants to know who your Abba Father is. The Father that you and I serve is the owner of this universe. The giver of life is my Father. The custodian of favor is my Father. The lifter of men is my Father. The opener of doors is my Father. The one who splits the Red Sea is my Father. The one who crumbles the walls of Jericho is my Father. The one who tightens the mouth of a lion is my Father. The one who just like a makes the fire go away in the middle of the furnace burning is my Father. When you are indeed in need, the Lord sends a message to anyone that is around to let them know, that's my son. You better show favor to him. You have no idea what you have done to my son. I've seen through my eyes so many times when people do something wrong to me, what happens to them? And I know one time Miss Sarah was telling one of these chaplains, be nice to Miss Sarah. Be nice to Miss Katina. Be nice to Miss Redley. Be nice to Vince. Is what God would tell. He would tell, calling out to each and every one of our names and say to the enemy, be nice to them because I am the owner of the heavens and earth. There, there may be just like a one or two places or three places where it is referred to as Father, as Abba. But then, in the parting words of Jesus, he says, this is in the last chapter of Matthew, chapter 28. The last thing that was in Jesus' mind, he just like a says to his disciples, this is how he says to them, he says, all authority has been given to me in heavens and earth. Go therefore 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's just talking to the people that my dad, even though I have every authority, but my dad controls the heavens and earth. My, my dad is a custodian of all the grace. My dad is the custodian of all the favor. This morning, this is a question for you. When you are alone with God, when you're in your worship time, when when nobody is watching, you're sitting down in the presence of God, do you look at God as your dad? Do you long to see every morning like what Miss Sanya was saying today morning, that when she woke up at 5.45, she was just like a saying about like the father who would just like a wait for you and me. When, when uh, President Kennedy was in the office, nobody can go into his office when he is in a meeting. When he's in the Oval Office, nobody can come in except for his children. That's the access that you and I have. When we cry out, the thing is this, right? We can talk as long as we want on, on making somebody believe in God or, or telling them how they should live a sinless life or how they should be turning themselves to God. But here's the thing. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 and 6, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. So what happens is this, when we go in the morning and sit before the Father, there is, a, there is this spirit that just like it groans from inside and nothing comes out of your mouth in, in just like a, in, in vain words, but it's just like a, we don't have a word to say because he is our daddy. He's my father. He's the maker of heaven and earth. I'm sitting here calling him right now a lot of times what happens is we equate that heavenly father to the earthly father you know for a long time you know in my own life i've always seen him as a savior never as a father because i was equating god to my father who abandoned me when i was six months old my whole life i have seen my father only three times and later, when he died, no one even told me that he died. Years later, I found out that he has died. I didn't even know or even go to his funeral, right? But he had no impact on my life, right? When, when, when this kind of like a bad experience that comes along, we actually equate God with our, you know, earthly father. We translate it that way. But on the other hand, he is our Abba Father. Nothing can change his love for you. Just like that movie taken where the father throughout the entire movie, he would be frantically looking to save his son. That's exactly how God feels about you and me. When we call out to him and say, God, I have lost every energy for me this morning to even shout. And God says, I got you. He becomes our source. 
he becomes our sustainer. And he becomes a defender when we call him as Abba Father. There is a man named J.R. Packer. He writes in a book called Knowing God. He says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child. And having God as his father, if this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. What is he saying? He's saying our whole worship and prayer hinges on this very relationship. We cannot see him as like one giant omnipotent God sitting somewhere in the heavens and just like a, he can just like a control everything but not my own case. In a field where there are so many lamp and sheep are for every one that is passes by they look like hundreds of sheep that are in the farm but to that farmer every one of those sheep has a name. He knows them by name. That's how our Father treats you and me. And that's why the psalmist in the book of Psalms, chapter 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does he say? He's saying, my Father knows my name. There may be over 8 billion people, but God knows my name. God knows where I live. God knows what I eat. God knows what I want. Why? Because he's our father. He's my father today. This is the thought I wanted to leave you with on this beautiful Father's Day. When you go to worship, how do you see him? You will see him as your father. You see him as Abba. You cry out to him, Abba, 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 just like that baby doesn't even know what to say next. Do you call out to him like that? Brother Vince. Thank you, Brother Cyril. Thank you for this Father's Day message. Directly from you, Lord. Using Cyril as a conduit to deliver your word. Abba, our source, our provider, our sustainer, our defender. When we call you Father, and Abba, Father, we step into the ground where favor exists. It's a ground on this earth we don't, we don't really recognize. Do we plug into the source on a daily, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis? Plugging into the source of all things, like Abba. And our sustainer, where he sacrificed his own son to sustain us. He will not permit the godly to fall. He is pleased when we call on him as Abba Father. He smiles down on us. And he will never leave us or forsake us. He's promised us that. And our defender, he's protect us and defend us. The Lord will fight for you. He will doesn't have the fight to battle ourselves, but the battle and the fight is his. 
Thank you for being our defender, Lord. When we are in need, he says, that's my father, that's my son, that's my daughter. Because he is our father. See him as Abba. See him as father. See him as daddy. Amen. Sarah? Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread, representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life abundant life, now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spill. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. On the night before he was crucified, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. God is just asking us to remember what he did on that rugged cross. As we take this bread this morning and just like to eat it, know this for sure, that brokenness that Jesus did on the rugged cross just makes us all complete. Go ahead and take the bread. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Go ahead and take the cup of thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I come before you. The conference has been unmuted. One more time this morning as we pray right now. And surrender ourselves, Father, into your mighty hands. God, the Bible says to call 
on you as Abba Father. Yes. God, this morning we call upon your name, Father God. We call upon the name that is above all names this morning, Father. Mm-hmm. We call upon the, the, the creator of the heavens and the earth this morning. We call upon, Father God, the only source that we have. We call upon the only sustainer that we have. We call upon the only defender that we have. Father, without you, we have nothing. God, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters, including me, Father God, this morning, that you will put your hand upon our head right now, Father God, with a fresh new anointing, fresh new grace, fresh new mercy, Father God, that when we walk out of this place, Father, let our hearts be filled, Father God, with your presence. As we carry through this week, Father God, let your presence go before us, Father God, and make all the crookedness into straight. We surrender ourselves into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have an amazing week. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Yeah. Yeah. And the good Lord Brett bless every one of us. Yes. 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 Yes.